Hey, business owners, need help taking payments online? Well, there's a whole world of transactions powered by Elevon. Whether it's through payment accepting, customer connecting, real-time reporting, round-the-clock supporting, fraud detecting or business protecting. <gasps> Elevon supports all payments for your business. To get started, visit elevon.ie. Elevon, your world of payments. Elevon Financial Services DAC trading as Elevon Merchant Services is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. The Big Tech Show brought to you by Elevon. Elevon makes payment taking simple, freeing you up to focus on your business. You take on the world, they'll take care of the payments. See elevon.ie for more. This is an Irish independent podcast. There's been lots of rumours circulating for a long time. Apple is keen to get into mixed reality, AR, VR, and... The rumours have kind of got to a point now where we think that they're actually going to become a reality. The general consensus from the rumours is that it will look like a pair of ski goggles and you immerse yourself. The VR space has been going for quite some time and we haven't found that kind of killer application, so to speak, that must-have app that allows us to you know, make this a must-buy. And I remember having conversations in exactly the same tone a number of years ago when Apple were rumoured to be bringing out a watch. I remember having the same conversations a number of years before that when Apple were rumoured to be bringing out an iPad. They've proved in the past that they are good at delivering new sort of ways of interacting with our technology. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler, in association with Square. Square can help you look after your business needs, from payments to menu management to online ordering. Visit square.com for more. Now, what's the next big thing in tech? A lot of people think it might be Apple's new headset, set to be announced in June in a few weeks. But can Apple make augmented reality a success where so many others have flopped? Well, to talk about this today, we're joined by Stuart Miles, who's a journalist and the founder of the, the price comparison widget, Squirrel. Uh, Stuart, there are a couple of things we're expecting, one in June and the other a couple of years away. The one in June is going to be, we think, an AR VR headset, right? Yeah, so there's been lots of rumors circulating for a long time. Uh, Apple is keen to get into mixed reality, AR, VR, uh, and the rumors have kind of got to a point now where we think that they're actually going to become a reality, uh, no pun intended, uh, and they're going to announce something at their developer conference, WWDC, uh, in, in June. Mm -hmm. And just to be clear here, because the term Apple headset and Apple glasses are bandied about a lot, there are actually two separate things that are discussed in this conversation. One is which you've just alluded to, which is this AR VR headset, which we're going to talk about in a little depth in a second. The other are what's known as Apple glasses, and that is seen as something that's a few years away, right? Yeah, so I think the the kind of end goal for anybody that's in this space at the moment is to create a pair of sunglasses that instead of just uh, augmenting the augmenting the sun, 
uh, actually augment the world around you. And so they look like a pair of glasses, um, but they offer a, a host of information, could even replace your phone in, in the future. Hmm. Okay, look, let's talk a little bit about this mooted uh, augmented reality or virtual reality headset. And I'm going to ask you about it in a second. But I'm going to quote, if you will allow me, uh, from Mark Gurman of Bloomberg, and he's the person who's always out in front. He's always quoted by all the news agencies, and he seems to have a few really good inside tracks. Now, I'm just going to quote what he has said about it, um, if you'll bear with me. This is what he says. Here's how it will work. The headset will have several external cameras that can analyze a user's hands as well as sensors within the gadget's housing to read eyes. That allows the wearer to control the device by looking at an on-screen item, whether it's a button, an app icon, or a list entry to select it. Users will then pinch their thumb and index finger together to activate the task without the need to hold anything. Core features will include advanced FaceTime-based video conferencing and meeting rooms, and the headset will also be able to show immersive video content serving as external display for a connected Mac and replicate many functions of iPhones and iPads. And then he goes on to talk about the device having maybe a digital crown, the kind of thing that you see on the at the, AirPod, the AirPods Max and the, the Apple Watch, and that it'll be able to switch between VR and AR. What does this sound like to you? Does it sound attractive, interesting? It sounds like a barrel of laughs, doesn't it? No, <laughs> it's, um, I, I think if we're about to spend a, a a lot of money, which is what they're estimating this will be around about $3,000, just to make a FaceTime call. That's going to be quite a niche niche approach. Um, The general consensus from the rumors, and I have to keep on stressing these are rumors, is that it will look like a pair of ski goggles. Um, you know, and you kind of, you immerse yourself. So a combination of sort of Ready Player One style aesthetics uh, mixed with uh, minority report kind of uh, pinch to zoom functionality with a lot of technology that we've already seen in that VR space. Uh, some of your listeners might have experimented or played with the PSVR 2, which was Sony's VR headset that came out in February. And, you know, that has eye tracking and, and other VR headsets have had eye tracking to allow you to be able to reorientate yourself within the, within the space that you're in uh, and things like that. I think it's it's interesting that you're trying to the VR space has been going for quite some time and we haven't found that that kind of killer application so to speak that that must have uh must have app that allows us to you know make this a a must buy. Now they've tried in the past it could be that in in that example that Mark's given uh, that you know it replaces having multiple screens because you work on your laptop and and it creates multiple screens around that laptop to e- expand the the real estate that you've got. It could be that uh, Apple lean into their Apple TV viewing, you know, Apple TV Plus and their movie experience and try and create a uh, a kind of a cinema in your home, and so you just sit on the sofa and and you watch instead of having a big TV and. In, in your living room, you just put the pair of goggles on it and you watch movies. Yeah. That could be one way of doing it. But it, again, it's it, it's trying to find the use case. And I remember having conversations in exactly the same tone uh, a number of years ago when Apple were rumored to be bringing out a watch. 
I remember having the same conversations a number of years before that when Apple were rumored to be bringing out an iPad of like, well, I've got a laptop. Why do I need a, a thing to sit on the sofa with and stuff? You know, and I remember even before that having the same conversations about uh, Apple bringing out a, a phone and, and, and what would that do? So I think it's, you know, they've proved in the past that they are good at delivering new sort of ways of interacting with our technology, even though that market is kind of not uh, saturated, but, you know, there are a number of players that have tried that space already. Mm. Uh, And also having the ability to give it time for those those areas to, you know, those those apps and those applications to kind of surface and, and be created. I mean, one of the key differences surely here is that when Apple launches something, it does so prepared with an idea of all sorts of applications. So we understand, for example, if you to believe all of the rumors and all the reports that it will uh, launch with its own app store for things like games, video streaming, communications. But to your point about maybe the surround uh, cinema experience, um, German has also reported that Apple has been in discussions with companies like uh, Disney, for example, in which with which it has quite a close working relationship uh, anyway, and that it will be updating its own Apple TV Plus material to work uh, with the uh, with the headset. So, I guess the question then is: even if it does that and launches with an app store with these apps, are we ready fundamentally? to get over the thing that has mostly stopped us wearing VR and AR headsets, which is that it is like a a clunky pair of ski goggles that you have to wear on your head. It's difficult, isn't it? I mean, I think if you look at, just before I answer that question uh, in full, there's a sense of Apple have been very good in the past of educating us how to use things without us realizing that we're doing that. Mm. Um, If you look at their MacBook range, the trackpads got bigger and bigger and bigger encouraging you to use your fingers to interact with a, an interface more and more. And then, oh, here's an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's an iPad. So, And you're already used to using this kind of, you know, your finger around the, the display and, and things like that. I think if you look at some of the technologies that they've trailed over the last five to 10 years, you know, there has been a lot of push from augmented reality apps through uh, through the iPad, through the through the iPhone, you and I have both been to a number of, of Apple keynotes where mm-hmm. they've kind of, oh, look, here's a dissecting frog or here's looking at this on stage or here's doing this. And, you know, you can start to see that spatial audio for, you know, listening to music will also play a big part in in any VR headset that comes along. Mm. And and they, and they also have the, uh, the collateral products like the AirPods and the AirPods Max and They've already yeah. made those. Yeah, and it's kind of looking at ways that, you know, phones have become commoditized in such a way, and this is perhaps more, you know, something we should talk about the Apple glasses, but, you know, phones have become commoditized so much that technology is moving so fast. You know, the Chinese manufacturers are producing phones almost once a quarter now rather than once a year and and, and, and selling it for such a cheap price that, you know, Apple's probably looking at it, sitting there thinking, well, we've got to find the next sort of sector to move into because we have to keep moving because otherwise if we just stay as just a you know predominantly relying on all our revenue coming from from phones then we could end up being like blackberry or nokia i think the big barrier to entry for vr has been this kind of as you said this clunky headset that you've got to put in you've it's we're a very sociable sort of race 
right? And we like, you know, visual stimulus from from everywhere. If you remember a number of years ago, going out for dinner at this restaurant that was in pitch black, literally pitch black, you couldn't see anything. The waiters were all blind. Um, and you kind of, it's fun for the first five minutes. And then you realize that half of half of the experience about eating is actually looking at your food and about looking at the people in front of you and taking all those visual cues. How can you take a photo, Stuart, if it's dark? Well, exactly. It's, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's things like that. I think, you know, that will be one of the biggest problems to solve. Having used the PSVR2 uh, recently, you know, back in February, um, it was an amazing experience. That that immersiveness into uh, games like Horizon, uh, Calls of the Mountain and, 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 and Gran Turismo and things like that were, you know, really immersive and incredibly sort of exhilarating. But after about 20 minutes, you know, you are kind of realizing that you just need a bit of fresh air. Mm. Um, and, and so that will be one of the bigger challenges. Well, Apple has a quasi answer to that, if you're to believe some of the other reports, because the headsets FaceTime software, supposedly, will realistically render a user's face and full body in virtual realities. That's different to what Meta does at the moment uh, in the metaverse. And those avatars will allow two people, each with an Apple headset, to communicate and feel like they're in the same room. So Apple is clearly, it has a nod toward what you're talking about with stimulus and stimuli, and it thinks it can go some way virtually towards reproducing that uh, in a way that Sony, PlayStation, Meta, Oculus, and the others can't. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that balance, isn't it? When you've got, you go to the cinema and you've watched, you know, gone to the latest, see one of the latest Marvel movies or something, and you've come out with this dark room for you know, the last two and a half hours or whatever, you, you kind of feel a little bit drained. And if we're so, if you think about it from a technology point of view, we're so used to spending so much time, uh, rightly or wrongly, on our technology that if you want someone to sit and work in a, in a you know, in their laptop for eight hours, that's, that's fine. You know, you can get away with it because you've got other, you can quickly look around and kind of refresh your eyes and, and refresh your stimulus. But if you're in, in so immersed, I think that's one of the challenges that, that they will, they'll have to face is making it not feel claustrophobic or, you know, just sort of this brightness in your eyes for that, that length of time, because we're just not used to that at the moment. Mm. Now, Something you said a moment ago, and we're looking ahead a few years now to the next Apple product after this, which is incredibly cheeky because we don't even know for sure that this one is coming out yet. But it's sure. it's widely um, reported that Apple's teams are working on a pair of Apple glasses, which you described early on in this podcast as getting closer to a regular pair of glasses or sunglasses uh, with uh, uh, with augmented reality uh, abilities. And the way that you described it, I think is the way that maybe Apple might be thinking about this as a replacement for the iPhone or certainly the next or annexed big platform that it can own or dominate. Um, it's a really, really big ambition, isn't it? It is. It's a big ambition from a technological point of view because at the moment you've got to have a processor that's powerful enough but small enough You've effectively got to create. The, you've got to take the phone and put it on a pair of glasses, which are a lot lighter than a phone. Mm -hmm. And that you're so you've got you've got that element there. But then once you've solved all the technological aspects of you know battery life of a 
you know, how do you put a battery into a, a glasses frame and not make it incredibly heavy? Uh, you know, do people that don't wear glasses, are they happy to wear glasses mm. because you've added enough element to that? But then once you've sold the techn technological point of view, which you could probably say is the easy part because given enough time, there'll be advances in batteries, there'll be advances in all of these things. You've then got to get across the social element of how do you feel when you're talking to someone that's wearing a pair of glasses that you're not 100% sure whether they're actually paying attention to you or mm. watching something or recording you or, or things like that. And we've seen that with devices like Google Glass, uh, which mm -hmm. is quite old now. I mean, that's that was like 2013, 2014, mm -hmm. something along that time. So 10 years old. You know, it didn't cotton on. Uh, I tried them a number of times, felt really uncomfortable in myself wearing them, knowing that what I was looking at could be recorded or how people would react to me when I'm wearing a pair of glasses that, you know, doing mm. that. You've seen that with Facebook and, and the Ray-Ban collaboration. Uh, very, recently. very much so. That was a big issue with those glasses. Uh, people wondering whether you were taking photos or recording them or, or whether your attention was otherwise diverted from talking to somebody. And I think we've learned that over, certainly over the pandemic and, and, and Zoom calls and, you know, perhaps shouldn't, shouldn't admit this, but, you know, presentations that I've sat in where Zoom calls on in the background and you're just like, okay, nobody's really looking and paying attention to me, so I'm just going to carry on emailing. Mm -hmm. And then you suddenly realize someone's saying, Stuart, Stuart. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I think I was drifted. on that presentation, Stuart. Uh, yeah, exactly, completely drifted off. So, you know, from that perspective, it's it's the, the and I think that's probably why you'll see Apple launch uh, an, an AR, VR like, headset that's a, perhaps bigger and clunkier than, than they did, partly because the technology is, isn't there yet to make those glasses, but also to try and then spend the next five to 10 years educating us about mm. using glasses so that as they get smaller and more refined, it becomes something that's, oh, this is obvious, rather than that, that abrupt social jump in, which we've seen fail, effectively mm. failed from Facebook, failed from uh Google and even other companies like Bose who have tried to create, you know, headphones within glasses and things like that. And to be fair to Apple, in as much as they ever, the company ever uh, aids softly um, uh, discussions around this quietly, uh, and I don't think they do. But if they do, th there is a sense that they are tempering expectations here. They're not suggest nobody is suggesting in or around the discussion around these uh, ARV or headsets or glasses that this is going to fly off the shelves immediately partly because of the price Th that the expectation is maybe they might sell a million of these in the first year which by apple gadget standards is actually a very modest figure by anybody else's standard it's pretty good but by apple standards it's it's pretty small but i'm reminded of things that you mentioned, the the Apple Watch, for example, which a lot of people laughed at when it was launched, it is now by far the best-selling watch of any type in the world. Yeah, I think what Apple are really good at is having patience uh, and patience to be able to uh, slowly build a product over a number of years, acknowledging that they're not pivoting because that's kind of perhaps too aggressive, but tweaking and refining the product as it goes along. If you look at Apple Watch, you know, that you and I were there, there was a big, strong play on this it was a luxury product. It was kind of, you know, that there was a kind of a big focus that this would, you know, it was trying to play that. They quickly realized that people loved the fitness element to it and it kind of 
changed direction considerably that gold model that was 10 20,000 pounds or whatever it was uh you know got dropped and, and and it moved there if you look at apple maps you know again when that launched it was pretty shocking pretty basic it was kind of a what we'd call an, an mvp a, a minimum viable product and and now you know apple maps is actually you know a pretty good mapping solution for mm. people and and the same with like apple tv it's it feels like the apple tv plus you know, launched with two or three shows, everybody's like, okay, the morning show is great, but there's not much else to to watch. Now you kind of it feels that almost it's 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 Apple TV Plus is is almost is almost there. It's there's there's so many new shows that have got quite a bit of a depth and breadth to them from the catalogue that it has started to become a viable product. Might not necessarily be as good as as Netflix or Disney Plus at the moment, but it's it's almost there. But that's taken them a long time. But they haven't kind of rushed it, hoped to be a massive success day one. And, you know, within six months, they're oh, no, it didn't work. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. They kind of just let it build and slowly build. And then eventually you go, oh, okay. Like, you know, as you said, the Apple Watch is pretty much everywhere. Mm. Stuart, thank you so much for uh, explaining that. Stuart, Matt Stuart Miles, journalist uh, and the founder of the price comparison widget. A squirrel. And that's all we have time for uh, this week. My thanks to Tabitha Monahan, who produced today, to Conan Doherty on video and Gavin Hennessy on sound. You've been listening to and watching me, Adrian Weckler, and the Big Tech Show in association with Square. And I'll talk to you the same time next week. Bye bye. Shachten. An Indo Askeliga. Lower and once you're in a Donaldson Lish and if I got shin a near lower Jeffrey the the dinner be. Me head will in policy shock on Ian Rodiano and a viral stad her Lishna Bodge Bugger shoot. Skilty Fis Turmi. Nimajigiri in drama Honyal Ama Tamajigiri Munchen Honyal Esta. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. <laughs>